guys, welcome back to the Oh My Allergies podcast. It's your host Valencia, and if you're new to the podcast, the Oh My Allergies podcast is basically about all things allergies. It's really aimed for people who are dealing with allergies and people who want to learn more about different types of allergies and just allergy-related topics. So really talking about things like navigating life and learning how to thrive with allergies. Yeah, so make sure you're subscribed to the podcast if you're not already. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about cooking with food allergies and specifically different food allergy friendly alternatives for when you're cooking because I've mentioned on the podcast before that this whole month of May is all about allergy awareness month but specifically for this week it is food allergy awareness week so this episode for this week is specifically geared towards food allergies. I've talked about food allergies a lot here on the podcast as it's something that I deal with you know, on a daily, but I specifically wanted to talk about cooking with food allergies because I know a lot of people who are new to the food allergy space, they really don't know how to be able to incorporate food allergy friendly products into their normal cooking routine because when you realize and find out that you have food allergies, obviously you're going to have to make some changes to your diet and the way that you go grocery shopping and really just it's important for when you have food allergies because you already feel like you can't really eat anything so really it's really important to be able to find foods that can be substituted for foods that you are allergic to so that you can start really just cooking and baking all those different types of recipes that you've always loved and you can also come across some new favorites as well so before i get into today's topic you guys know i got to talk about what's been going on So what's been going on with me? Well, Mother's Day actually just passed. So happy belated Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there who help their families every day manage their allergies while also managing their own uh, allergies. But Mother's Day was definitely different this year. Normally my mom, we would go to either like a brunch or like to like an art museum or like get massages or something like that. But this year we just stayed in and we watched Church Online and it was such a great service. You know, this time it was um, Pastor Stevens' wife, Holly Furtick, who preached the message and she's just so amazing and she's just wow. Like her sermons always leave me speechless and always leave me very um, inspired and always makes me want to, you know, relook into my Bible and to really look at the word in a different way and with a different lens. During service, now I've gotten into taking like digital notes during church and it's literally one of the best things ever because I'm like trying to get into like the whole like digital note taking and like drawing digitally now. So like I've been like wanting to try like different styluses and like different apps and you know I've heard like such great things about like drawing apps like Procreate and like Affinity Designer um I know like the difference between the two is like Affinity Designer is more like vector-based drawing and Procreate you know just isn't so I've been thinking about getting more and more into graphic design so I've been taking a little bit more time to learn more about that but starting with digital note taking and like doing like little doodles it really inspired me to want to get a little bit more into like the drawing aspect of graphic design uh, because I've done graphic design before but not really like the um like the like the digital illustration 
sessions that like you see like like on Instagram and things of that nature. So I definitely wanted to get more into that. Um, I'm also just recently wrapped up my spring classes and grades have come out and I'm very, very proud of myself. I got all A's this semester and I worked really hard this semester and I'm very, very, very happy that the semester is over and I'm very happy of, you know, the quality of work that I was able to produce throughout my classes. Um, I'm also thinking about taking another class over the summer just so that my schedule in the fall isn't as jam-packed so I'm thinking about doing that what else I want to say that's it basically like in a nutshell what's been going on so I guess now that I am done telling you guys what's been going on with me I guess we can get right into my foodie likes so my first foodie like is a tea because who's surprised because Valencia is obsessed with tea um so my first favorite is from the traditional medicinals brand it's their nettle tea so I recently came across this tea because I was doing research obviously for the podcast about like allergies and stuff and so I came across this tea and it was um the nettle tea like I'm talking about now and I saw a lot of different benefits as far as you know some people saying that their symptoms for their allergies lessened when they started drinking this tea periodically um it also helps with a lot of different things so if you have like arthritis or joint pain or knee pain um if you have inflammation it's supposed to be really really helpful for that so I've started to drink it I actually just started to drink it this past weekend and so far so good it kind of reminds me of like green tea-esque vibes and smooth move oh in a way because it's very like a has like a smooth move type of taste but it tastes very earthy and like grassy at the same time like green tea so that's kind of like why it reminds me of green tea but I mean it's okay it's like not my favorite tasting tea in the world but like if it's supposed to help me then I'm gonna try it but I'll give you guys some updates to see like and like I'll try to give you guys some updates on like how it has helped me or hasn't helped me um but like updates to come on that um what's another favorite oh now it's not like a new favorite it's just like kind of a new favorite because I got a different size of it so I've talked about on the podcast before how I'm like a big fan of kombucha and one of my favorite um brands and favorite flavors is health aids is ginger lemon so when we recently went to the grocery store maybe like um a couple weeks ago we started getting the big jug of it because it just doesn't make sense to go and buy like four bottles of it when it's going to equal around the same amount as getting a big jug of it so we started getting that and I feel like I feel like the big jug is like so much more spicier than like the actual bottle of it like the spiciness of the ginger and like there's so many times where I've drunken this kombucha and like I start coughing and my mom's like what the heck is wrong with you I'm like the ginger is so spicy and (laughs) and it's like it gets into like my nostrils and it just clears out my nasal passages it's so great but like so painful at the exact same time but have been loving that especially when you're trying to keep your immune system strong and pushing through during this time so it's really been helpful and it's tasty and it's kind of on the sweeter side which we all know I'm not a big fan of like sweets and things of that nature but I don't really drink kombucha too often so it's one of those things that's kind of like it's not like once in a blue moon 
It's a little bit more often than once in a blue moon, but it's not like I drink kombucha every day. So um, another favorite is something that I made this past weekend for Mother's Day for my mom because it's one of her favorite dishes that I make. And it's actually a recipe on my blog. It's chili macaroni. Um, it's really good dish because it's like one of those dishes where it's like one pot. So it's like you put everything in a pot and like you don't really have to do too much cleaning afterwards since it's like all in one pot. It's not like you're using like five pots and then you have to put everything in one pot and then you like have like four other pots dirty and then you have the main pot that's dirty and then you have to clean all this stuff and then your sink is all clogged up because of all your dishes so I really like how it's just like one pot and it's really good it's really filling and it tastes really good if you are in like a chilly mood if it's like cold outside which it's been pretty cold outside the past couple days here in Georgia so that's really been helpful if you want to feel a little bit more warm and get like some cozy vibes um um, and then I also made um, my signature cornbread, which I'm very popular for in my family for making like a really good cornbread. So I made some of that for my mom for Mother's Day dinner and she really, really enjoyed it. Felt like I was in Top Chef. Like I felt like um, like Padma gave me like a challenge that I had to do and I had like a certain amount of time to do it. Um, so I had like my little like Top Chef going on in my brain. I think those are all my foodie likes. So now that I'm done talking about my foodie likes, I guess we can get right into the allergy news. So the allergy news is not specifically an article. It is actually a resource that I thought would be super helpful for people, especially considering that it is food allergy, um, allergy, and celiac awareness month. So Allergic Living, they launched a new digital magazine. It's called the COVID-19 and Allergy Special Issue and it's actually free for the specific edition um, as they like usually charge to have access to their e-magazines online but really they wanted to provide this magazine to be able to help families that are experiencing challenges and difficulties during this pandemic and making sure that people have access to information as far as you know how COVID can relate to like allergies and being able to come together as an allergy community community during this time. So in the special issue, they highlight uh, different recipes, they highlight um, different tips and tricks um, about whether it's about like asthma or dealing with, you know, seasonal allergies, dealing with food allergies, dealing with celiac disease. Like there's so many different tips that they have in this magazine. And it's something that I recently downloaded for myself and I was like, wow, this is like so helpful. So I wanted to be able to talk about the magazine just to be able to spread awareness about this specific resource that recently came out. Um, they talk about stuff like contact-free drop-offs and talking about, you know, shipping and talking about how to control your asthma and cutting risk during the pandemic, talking about managing food allergies through like telehealth resources. I think that this resource is really helpful. I'm gonna leave a link to this magazine in the show notes, so be sure to download it. It's really helpful. You guys know that I really love allergic living and what they stand for and how helpful their resources are to the allergy community and I talk about them all the time on the podcast so when I found out they had a magazine I was like guys I have to tell you guys about this so I will leave that in the show notes. So now that I am done talking about the allergy news I guess we can get right into today's topic which is all about cooking with food allergies and I'm going to be talking about food allergy 
alternatives slash substitutes that you could be using in your kitchen. Now, I do want to be honest with you guys that there, at least for me, for some things, that there's just some things that you just can't fully like substitute. Like I know for me, when it comes to Oreo ice cream, because growing up, like Oreo ice cream used to be like one of my absolute favorite things. But I've realized like over the years that I have not really found like an Oreo ice cream like ice cream, like so like cookies and cream or whatever, um, that tastes very much like regular Oreo ice cream. Uh, just haven't really found anything. So there's going to be some things that when you are dealing with your, your newly found food allergies that you're just not going to be able to substitute and it's not going to taste the same. But for a lot of different things that some people don't even realize that those things can be substituted and those are some things that I'm going to be talking about today. So how I'm going to do this, I'm going to break it down by allergen. So like dairy allergy, um, egg allergy, etc. So I'm going to start off with dairy. So if you have a dairy allergy, you're probably looking like for some ways to be able to substitute dairy. So there's so many different ways that you can do that. So you can use like soy milk, you can use almond milk, which is something that I use personally. I use unsweetened vanilla almond milk. I know that's a little redundant, but like I don't like milk that is sweet, but I don't like the taste of complete original plain unsweetened milk. So like I don't like the taste of like added sugar, but I like the taste of like the natural sugar from the vanilla. So I feel like that's enough for me. That's what I do if I am drinking milk with like cereal or and I am cooking with it, like those types of things. But again, depending on the recipe, sometimes it'll call for you to use like vanilla milk or using like just regular plain milk because it just depends because you don't want to be putting vanilla milk in like a casserole because that's just not going to taste great. So just being cautious of that. And obviously if you have a tree nut allergy, it's not really a good alternative for you. But if you have dairy allergies and aren't allergic to tree nuts, then almond milk could be a really good substitute for you and your family. Another really good milk substitute is like coconut milk. Again, that is a tree nut. Um, I know that it's a rare allergy to be allergic to coconuts, but um, I just wanted to include it in there because the type of almond milk that I usually get is a mixture between almond milk and coconut milk, the unsweetened vanilla flavor. So I usually will get that from like Almond Breeze or I might get it from store brand like it just really depends but the FDA actually considers coconut to be a tree nut so just making sure that before you have coconut milk checking with your doctor and your allergist to make sure that coconut is safe for you. Another milk option is like hemp milk. I've heard a lot about that. I've personally not tasted it before. Um, I know there's oat milk, which is something that's really, really popular. I know when oat milk first came out, I was like, what is this? And how do you milk oats? Like, I was just so confused. I actually tasted oat milk and I wasn't really that big of a fan of it. It kind of tasted like oat water, in my opinion. Maybe if I try another brand, like Oatly or something, it might taste a little bit better, but I really didn't like it. Weirdly, there's potato milk. Don't really know too much about that. That's just a little weird for me. There's a lot of weird stuff out there. Um, there's rice milk. What other type of milk? There's flaxseed milk that's out there. There's just like so many different types of milk substitutes out there. When I first realized that I had milk allergies, that there wasn't that many options. Like there was just soy milk, 
and there was newly being introduced like the almond milk and everything so now that there's like so many different options that you can choose from it's actually mind-boggling like how many milk options that you have to choose from and it's so weird because I know when I was growing up a lot of people would be like oh like soy milk is so weird like my friends and stuff or they would be like what the heck is almond milk like how do you milk an almond but now like people at college are like oh my goodness I love almond milk and it's just so weird for me because I'm not used to hearing people normalize drinking almond milk and drinking soy milk and drinking all of these milk substitutes but it's really cool to see like how over time things have evolved but some tips that I have for people who are dealing with milk allergies and are looking for substitutes for that when they're cooking in terms of like recipes and baking and things of that nature. Um, One swap out for me that I do if a recipe calls out for sour cream is using coconut milk and vinegar, which it's one of my secret recipes. I don't really talk about it that much, so guys, you have to keep it a secret, but it's by far like my favorite swap out. So like what you use is three fourths cup of coconut milk and you mix it with a tablespoon of vinegar for one cup of sour cream in a bacon recipe. And you can use lemon juice if you don't have vinegar on hand, but I just prefer using vinegar. I use it all the time and no one's able to taste the vinegar nor the coconut milk in it. Like it literally does not taste like it and it's just like the bestest thing ever. So I highly recommend that swap out if you are needing um, some type of substitute for sour cream. Another swap out I have, which is for buttermilk. So what you can do, is use a little vinegar or lemon juice and you like add it so what you'll do is you can use like one cup of like soy milk or almond milk or whatever type of milk for every cup of buttermilk that's called for in your recipe and so then what you do is that you stir in two tablespoons of either like lemon juice or um, vinegar or um, like apple cider vinegar specifically per cup of milk and then you let this mixture stand for about like five to ten minutes and If you use rice milk, you want to avoid using it to make buttermilk because it won't thicken the same way as like other plant milks. So specifically for this, I would recommend using like a soy milk or almond milk, which is a little bit more thicker than like rice milk. It's like rice milk is a little bit more on the waterier side for milks. So yeah, that's like one of my really good swap outs too that I use like when I'm baking, um, when a recipe calls for buttermilk, because first of all, before me not having dairy and milk like that, I wasn't drinking buttermilk anyway. So, but it's really good a swap out for those times that you need buttermilk. So another swap out that I have for you guys is if you are in need of condensed milk for a recipe, which is in a lot of like old school, like baking sugary recipes, um, a way that you can be able to substitute it is using a can of coconut milk. Now the coconut milk, you don't wanna use low fat coconut milk, you wanna use like full fat coconut milk. And then using um, like two tablespoons of like coconut nectar or like some type of sweetener like that, like coconut sugar, and then like a pinch of kosher salt. If you guys want like the full recipe and directions for how to be able to make vegan sweetened condensed milk I actually have a recipe for this on my blog so I will link this recipe in the show notes so you guys can have that resource on hand but it's definitely a really good uh, backup plan to have so when it comes to other milk products besides actual milk like butter and like um like margarines and cream cheeses and I already mentioned sour cream but some really good um 
substitutes for butter is using um, earth balances is dairy free margarine it's really helpful if you want to be able to use butter um, whether it's for like toast or whether it's for you know fish cooking uh, baking that type of thing um, coconut oil is a really good substitute for shortening or for margarine when you're do- dealing with baked goods uh, cooking oil is also a really good resource for cream cheese. I know like some really good brands is like Daya or Tofuti. They make really good uh, cream cheeses and um, like sour cream. I already mentioned sour cream. Um, what else? Um, if you are like a fan of yogurt, um, but you aren't allergic to soy, there's so many different brands that are out there for like soy yogurt. Um, so delicious is a really good brand when it comes to yogurt and also ice cream. They have like so many different types of milk substitute based yogurts and ice cream. So they have like coconut milk, soy milk, almond milk, Um, I know I think oat milk is something that's being introduced for like some of the ice creams and there's just so many highly recommend like checking out a few of those brands that I mentioned for any types of milk substitutes because they usually have like lots of products aimed towards those types of things so I highly recommend checking those out now when it comes to dairy free cheese now that's something that I'm really really particular on because not all cheeses are created equal when it comes to the dairy free world not all cheeses melt the same and like the consistency of them and the taste of them some of them can taste like a little bit more on the bitter side so for me when it comes to cheeses my favorite brand is go veggie they have like so many different types of cheese products that they have they have like the shredded cheese they have cheese slices they have like little cheese blocks and cheese sticks that you can you know put in you know your kids lunches you can take them and put them in your backpack for like college and like classes and like if you are on the go like they have like so many different products for that and then I know another big brand is Daya Foods so they have like a ton of cheese products like recently I just bought like their shredded mozzarella shreds because me and my mom are trying to make homemade pizza and we bought like a cauliflower crust for it they have like a lot of different things that you can choose from as well for like cheese alternatives So the next allergen I'm going to get right into is talking about wheat. Now, I have had gluten-free foods in the past and living the whole like gluten-free diet. So I know a little bit about gluten-free and some different alternatives that you could be incorporating into your kitchen and how you bake and how you cook in everyday to day life and I know replacing wheat flour it can be like a tricky thing because it contains gluten and gluten you know it's a protein that is pretty much responsible for like the structure and like the texture of foods that are baked with that flour so it can be difficult to duplicate wheat baked goods especially like bread without it so here I'm going to be talking about a few different flours that I've come across that people with a wheat allergy can usually tolerate but on the other on the other hand people with celiac might not be able to deal with them so just make sure that you are consulting like your doctor medical professional etc to make sure that any of these wheat flea or gluten-free flours and starches that I'm going to be talking about are good for you and your diet 
So one type of flour that I'm familiar with is rice flour. It's readily easy to find. You can find it like in regular grocery stores now. It can be used as like a wheat flour substitute like cup for cup and like in some recipes but and for some it can be better mixed with other different types of flours. Another substitute could be tapioca starch. If you read like the back of your ingredients for gluten-free stuff, you know you will find tapioca starch in there. It's very popularly used in the gluten-free community. Potato starch, potato flour. There's even bean flours that exist, which is a little weird to picture, but I know that I've seen brands like Banza or Banza, however you pronounce it, that have like bean-based pastas. I know specifically for some favorite food items you could be substituting. So like for example, if you are into like flour tortillas when you are having like your Taco Tuesday, like a really good way to swap that is having corn tortillas. That's typically a no-brainer. You could also do like lettuce. That's also an option. Um, if you want to have like a, um, a low carb type of option for crackers, obviously you could do like gluten-free cracker or you can do like brown horse tortillas. You could also do like rice cakes. What's another thing? Nowadays, there's so many different gluten-free options for like pizza crust. Like I said, you know, I just picked up a cauliflower crust one. There's some crusts that are based off of like like where the base is like spaghetti squash which I've had that or it's made out of like different vegetables um like amaranth and like some other greens yeah there's like so many different ways especially now to be able to accommodate gluten-free diets I know when I had initially tried the gluten-free life and diet like there was no options whatsoever like I think the main brand that was out was Udi's gluten-free and maybe like the like the Ezekiel bread that's like the the sprouted bread but besides that like options were like slim to none and the bread consistency was just not all that great now it's like super soft and pillowy like regular bread and it just blows my mind like how far gluten-free foods have like come like I used to hate having gluten-free bread because I thought it tasted absolutely awful (laughs) so if you want to be able to have like some gluten-free alternatives for like grains some really good resources is like couscous quinoa um polenta those are all really great options and they all taste so good i love all of those things um you can also like great cauliflower and make like cauliflower rice or like cauliflower couscous which i have a recipe for that on my blog so i will leave that link for that recipe in the show notes also if you are a fan of soy sauce Uh, a lot of soy sauces contain wheat so a really good alternative for that is opting for tamari which is soy sauces wheat free like cousin like sibling type of thing so it's a really good option if you are a soy sauce lover Um, or another option is coconut aminos which is a really good option for soy sauce as well so the next allergen i'm going to be talking about is nuts so like peanuts and tree nuts so unfortunately if you really loved eating like a handful of nuts then if you have like a peanut allergy or like a tree nut allergy you're gonna have to find like some type of nut free foods to replace them with not necessarily actual like nut free nuts because as far as i'm concerned those don't really exist yet but if you are like a big fan of like peanut butter then some really good peanut butter substitutes is soy butter i've heard of that before i know another good alternative which is one of my favorites is sunflower butter slash sun um sunflower 
sunflower seed butter. Sunflower butter is something that you can actually buy at the store, but sunflower seed butter is something you can make at home, and I have a recipe for that on my blog. It's like a vanilla espresso sunflower seed butter. So I'll leave that link below. It's a really great alternative. You can put it on like rice cakes, you can put it on toast, you can put it on literally anything that you wanna put it on. It has a little bit more of a peanut butter-like taste, and I know when I made sun butter cookies with um, sunflower seed butter that it tasted pretty much like a peanut butter cookie. And when I was baking it, it smelled like peanut butter in the house when I was like, wait, like, am I not cooking with peanut butter because it smells like it so much? So I highly recommend trying out sun butter, which is the actual brand that you can buy at the grocery store or making your own like DIY sunflower seed butter because it's pretty much as close as you can get to peanut butter without actually having to eat peanut butter and not have to deal with the whole like anaphylaxis thing. I actually have some recipes on my blog, not only for the vanilla espresso sun flower seed butter, but also for sun butter cookies. There are three ingredient sun butter cookies and they taste so good, it's so amazing. And I will include the links to both recipes and the show notes so you guys can check out those recipes and be able to make them. And if you do, then be sure to tag the at oh my allergies podcast on Instagram. So some other alternatives to peanut butter, if you're not allergic to any like tree nuts, is like almond butter, um, cashew butter, else I know there's hazelnut butter, which used to be one of my favorites from Justin's. They made this like hazelnut spread that was very similar to Nutella, but I could not have Nutella because there's dairy Nutella. So that's a really good alternative if you want like a Nutella type a feel and I would put it like on rice cakes I would put it like on toast I would just eat it it tasted really good either way you could buy like little packets of it and like pack it in your backpack for like if you're on the go whether you're doing workout classes whether you are going to college and you're in between classes and you want like a snack in between your classes if you are at work and you want something to have at your desk like for so many different scenarios, like Justin's has like so many different options. I think those are the only types of butters that I'm familiar with. Um, if there are any other types of butters that you guys are familiar with, then you can can send me a message like on Instagram. The Instagram for the podcast is at oh my allergies. But I think that concludes my thoughts on peanut butter and like peanuts, as well as like tree nuts too. So the next allergen I'm gonna be talking about is eggs. Now, with an egg allergy, you typically won't be able to eat things like omelets and eggs scrambled or have frittatas or have like egg salad sandwiches, like those types of things. But there's so many different products now that allows you to still be able to have eggs without actually having eggs and ways to still be able to use like an egg replacement or like an egg alternative when you're like baking. So like when you're making like cookies and cakes and pies to still be able to have that gesture that eggs do, which is like sticking and keeping things together when you're baking. So I'm gonna be talking about a few different things that you can use as like swaps and also different food products. So for actual eggs, like if you wanted to do like, um, like eggs or scrambled eggs or omelets and things of that nature, a really good alternative for that is this product called Just Egg, which is something that I 
recently just came across and it's something that I definitely want to try but just egg it is plant-based it's 100% plant-based and it's supposed to scramble and taste just like eggs it's great if you want to make like egg scrambles egg omelets it really looks like a legit egg like I saw some pictures of it like on Instagram and stuff and I've heard so many good things about it and how people are like they can't believe how much it tastes like an actual egg and how it fluffs up like an egg so it's something that I definitely want to try because it's definitely has piqued my interest some other ways that you can swap eggs for like baking types of things is like the traditional flax egg which is when you mix a tablespoon of flaxseed meal with three tablespoons of warm water and then you like let it sit for like 10 minutes and then when it becomes gel together, which is what eggs do in a recipe, then you can add it to your recipe. So you can do that with like flaxseed meal, you can do that with chia seeds, like any type of seeds. So if you don't have a soy allergy, then another really great substitute for eggs is tofu. So for recipes that call for like a lot of eggs, so like in quiches or like in custards, you can use tofu for that. Tofu is also a really great substitute for eggs if you wanna make like an eggless egg salad or if you wanna make like breakfast scrambles, which is typically what I would use tofu for is if I wanted to do like breakfast scrambles, I've made like curry breakfast scrambles before and those taste really good, like kinda of like having like curry eggs. So for like desserts and like sweets and like baked goods, like you can use like bananas or you can use applesauce for um, desserts, you can also use like potato starch, you can use mashed potatoes, you can use like canned pumpkin or squash, you can use prunes, you can use like bacon powder, like there's so many different types of egg replacements and I have like a whole blog post about this about specifically for different egg replacements. You can also use like aquafaba. So aquafaba is like, okay, so you know like when you open up a can of chickpeas and there's like the juice that's in there. So yeah, so that juice can be used as like an egg substitute. So like for like egg whites for when you're like baking. I've heard of people using aquafaba to make like meringue, which is really interesting. And I've seen pictures of it and it actually looks pretty legit. So it's something that I definitely want to try. But there's so many different ways that you can still have like an egg like experience without using eggs so for an example kind of off the track of you know having actual eggs and items for eggs and baked goods for a replacement for eggs and like may mayonnaise um you can use like hellman's is vegan mayo they have vegan mayo and it tastes pretty good and also there's a product called just mayo and i'm pretty sure it's by the same brand that does just egg because the packaging looks pretty identical so those are like two um, options that i'm familiar with i know i think follow your heart has a vegan mayonnaise as well so there's so many different options especially nowadays so the last allergen i'm going to be talking about in today's episode is soy so typically when it comes to the soy allergen you'll find soy in like soy sauce um you'll find it in like particular types of margarines like teriyaki sauce obviously miso, like those different types of things. So a really great alternative for soy sauce is like balsamic vinegar, or you can also find like soy-free miso sauce. 
um, for soy margarines. Real butter is usually an option, but you don't want to use that much. You want to use as little as possible. But if you have a dairy allergy, then there are some like soy free and like dairy free margins that are out there. And I mentioned them in the dairy and like milk section of this episode. So when it comes to like soy oils, then some other oils you can try are like olive oil and like canola oil and I'm pretty sure extra virgin olive oil, which is probably like the best oil out of the three. And for like teriyaki sauce, because that sauce has soy sauce in it. So just making sure that you are checking the ingredients to be sure that soybean oil isn't used in um, the teriyaki sauce. But if so, then a really great alternative is using sweet and sour sauce. But soybean oil can also be found in that as well. So making sure that there's not any soybean oil in sweet and sour sauce. And then when it comes to miso, which is basically soybean paste, you can find like non-soy versions that are made from other things like beans and like rice. So just make sure that you're not allergic to, you know, those types of beans. Um, so like legumes and all that other type of stuff. So just making sure that when you're looking for a non-soy miso that you aren't allergic to it. But woo, guys, we got through this episode. This episode's kind of on the longer side for oh my allergies episodes. I usually try to keep them at like a particular length, but if I have a lot of information, then they're gonna be long. But I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode all about cooking with food allergies and how to be able to navigate cooking with them and different swaps and different food alternatives that could be incorporated into your cooking and into your kitchen and when you're going grocery shopping. So if you guys want me to do more episodes like this, then be sure to send me a message on the Oh My Allergies podcast is Instagram, which is at Oh My Allergies. It's always in the show notes. You can also send me a message on my personal social media, which is at Call Me Val Barnes. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a rating. Hopefully it is five stars and subscribe to the podcast if you have not done so already. And I will talk with you all in the next episode. Bye guys. Bye guys.